Alright, welcome to Sports with a Cuppa. A uh, few different sports to talk about, mainly NBA, a little Formula One, a little baseball, but let's start with the NBA because we just had the All-Star break. Um, talk about All-Star weekend in a minute, but I just want to talk about the, um, the, the NBA and post-break and some of the things that I'm looking at and the interested to see going forward starting the eastern conference you know boston winners of six straight going into the break they're up six games on cleveland for number one can they avoid the post break letdown you know can they avoid being lethargic coming out of the break they'd have to have a hell of a downslide to lose a six-game lead but crazier things have happened you know a bad week can change how people feel about themselves you know all of a sudden if Cleveland's two three games back with plenty of games to be played you never know you never know and that would be anything but number one would be a real letdown with Boston at this point but can they maintain the pace they're on <clears throat> and just be playing good basketball going into the playoffs and avoid that letdown? Um, the Knicks loses a four straight going into the break after they caught a little bit of fire there. I mean, they're they're in a rough spot because you have you got Philly right behind you, but no Embiid for a while. But you got the Pacers getting healthy, and you have Miami playing good basketball. They're not far behind you. And you got Milwaukee in front of you, a team that everybody should feel confident going against. You know, they're not playing great basketball. Yeah, they have Dame, they got Giannis, but they're not, they don't feel insurmountable. And they're only, what, about a game and a half back? You know, you can catch Milwaukee. And so there's still a Great opportunity there for the Knicks. They need to get OG back and healthy. But they made some good moves. Brunson's an all-star. They've got to... they got to find it again. And make a strong push. Because third is definitely attainable. And then what did the Dark Horse teams do? Like I said, like I mentioned, Pacers are getting healthy. We know... They're formidable. They play a great pace. They can shoot the ball. Miles Turner gives them solid defense in the paint. The new addition of Siakam, they're still acclimating to. A ton of talent there. They're dangerous. Miami, they're coming along. They're playing good basketball. Orlando, I mean, talented and they they're much improved. I don't see them leapfrogging some of these other teams really. But still, if they can at least like host a playoff, a playing game, that, I think that's a pretty successful season for them, considering where they've been the past few years. But the Knicks are in a little bit of trouble if they can't find the winning ways again. And then you look over the Western Conference. You know Minnesota, you know game and a half lead on OKC, starting to maybe find an edge there. 
Clippers still hang around. Denver has lost three straight going into the break. Can they find it again? Yeah, so one thing we talk about with championship teams is they can kind of tread water and then they flip a switch and then all of a sudden they're <clears throat> they're great again. But they're coming off their first championship. We don't know if they have that switch. So uh, it's interesting to see where they find their their way towards the playoffs. Phoenix is healthy. They're winning games. Can they get into the conversation of number one or at least maybe top three? Possible, but who knows? I mean, and you got Dallas. Hate to say it, but man, this is a dangerous team post-trade deadline. And they are on absolute fire. Six-game winning streak like Boston. They're only, what, four games back of Denver for fourth. You never know. It's a dangerous team. But that's the other thing, is who's going to secure that last, like, playoff spot number six? Because you've got mm, four or five teams battling for that legitimately. You know? Lakers, can they get hot, make a push to get out of playing? I'm... I mean, honestly, right now, I think it's going to basically stay the way it is, but I think Dallas is going to leapfrog New Orleans. They're just red hot. I mean, those were good pickups. Daniel Gafford is extremely underrated. P.J. Washington, new life in Dallas, but already used to playing with a good point guard. I mean, LaMelo Ball LaMelo Ball's not on Kyrie and Luka's level, but LaMelo Ball is an outstanding facilitator. So if you're used to playing with a, a great facilitator, you're going to feast with Luca and Kyrie. So that's good for him. And then, of course, can't talk NBA without talking about my guy, Wimby. <clears throat> I mean, there's he had a fun weekend. Didn't do anything spectacular. Would have liked to have seen him win a competition of some sort. But one thing I really liked when just watching all the coverage... I liked how he was getting along with everybody. Very personable dude. And he seems to be well-liked. Despite being... I want to say... The most hyped. Nah, more just that overshadowing figure. Like, all these guys are really good players in their own right. But Wimby just has that overshadowing presence. But still gets along with everybody. Like, um, you know, before the Rising Stars game... He's out there on the court warming up and just chatting it up with Jaime Hawkes Jr. And then you see that kind of blossoming friendship in the game where Wimby's waving everybody off trying to run a play for Jaime. And then he throws him an alley-oop. So just a cool thing to see him building those relationships because down the line, you never know. You never know what someone's situation is going to be like. But as far as the rest of the season... Not really looking for much more than what we've gotten. I hope at some point he gets to about the 32, 34 minute mark. Just to see what those that extra time gives him as far as production. But mainly it's just the little things. Cleaning up the turnovers, tightening up the ball handling. 
continue efficient outside shooting. But other than that, I mean, it's just continue to play and continue to stay healthy. That's, that's all you can really ask for. I mean, rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, those things will work themselves out. But just looking forward to see what else he can do. See if he busts out any new Jamal Crawford-type moves. And just a happy, healthy finish to the season. Now, the All-Star Weekend itself... Uh, I mean, it's it's not my favorite thing. But now everybody's chiming in on how to fix All-Star. You can have, how do we fix the All-Star game? They're throwing out, well, pay them, compensate them, pay them to compete. It's not going to work. Paying them to compete in a meaningless game is just not going to work. But it just isn't. And if your argument is, well, it's working for the in-season tournament, it's not. It, they're playing hard because those are regular season games. Those games count regardless. So paying them to compete in a meaningless game, it just isn't going to work. I kind of like the idea of an all-star team versus like an all-star EuroLeague team. But again, you're still asking these guys to compete in a meaningless game. Because at the end of the day, these guys only care about being there for their franchise and competing for a championship. What's going to happen if a star player like Luka or Joker or Tatum goes and competes their butt off in one of these games and they get hurt? And they're out for the season. What are you going to say then? I'm it it would be a, they would never play those games again if something happened like that. So for me, the answer to the question, the answer to the problem is the problem. The problem is lack of competitiveness. Okay, take competitive out of it entirely. Look at what the NFL's doing. The Pro Bowl game was just a joke. It was an absolute joke. So what did they do? Let's just replace it with fun and games. I spent, a, a, like two, three weeks ago, I spent a whole Sunday watching the most oddball sports on ESPN. I guess it was technically ESPN, the Ocho, but it was on ESPN News. All these just random sports. Just get these guys together and have them do fun stuff and just entertain us. Make it like an NBA con instead of an all-star weekend. And have them interact with fans, sign autographs, take pictures, and do all that. And then have them do fun, fun, funky stuff. Belt sander racing. You know, spike ball. Have them play some pickleball. Maybe not pickleball. You can still get hurt playing pickleball. But just wiffle ball. I don't know. I don't care. But just take the compet the need for competition on the basketball court out of it. Like, have a poker tournament. You can get legends from the past and people from other sports and just have poker tournaments and raise money for charity. You know how much do you know I know damn well Michael Jordan would play. You get him in a poker tournament and he's there. Just do other stuff because these guys the last thing these guys want to do is play a meaningless basketball game and get hurt. And take out the dunk contest because that's 
done. It's been done. Keep the three-point contest. The Steph Curry, the Sabrina, the three-point challenge, that was actually kind of cool. Some, not one-on-one -on -one tournaments, but like different challenges between different people, whoever it is. Whether it's NBA, WNBA, celebrities, whatever. But just, just make it a more just pure fun weekend and take the competition out of it. Because these guys just aren't going to compete. They don't want to go get hurt. They don't want to look bad. They're just not built like the guys of yesteryear. When they viewed the game as a chance to show the world that they're the best of the best. They just don't have that desire anymore. It is what it is. But that's what I would do. Just get rid of the game. And just have them have fun. Play dodgeball. I don't give a damn. Play chess. Play dominoes. But. I just make it. Just make it a fun. Fun event. But still have the all-star selections. Because. That's important for contracts. Because these guys have bonuses. In their contracts. For this. So. Keep that. You have to keep some element of all-star so in a couple of days formula one goes testing three days of eight hour uh sessions broken up into into two four hour sessions looking forward to it i mean i'm still new to all of this this stuff for formula one and testing, I watched a little bit last year, but not a lot. This year, I hope to catch a lot of coverage, even though it's from like 1 a.m. to 10 a.m. And, you know, I've read and watched a lot of stuff on it. And, you know, they're like, you know, take it with a big grain of salt because nobody knows the fuel they're running. No one knows the, the engine modes they're running. And they're going to do a lot of aero testing and all that. But at the end of the day, I, just somebody needs to give me hope. Even if it's false hope, just give me hope that going into the first race, somebody else could actually win it. Max can crush my spirits later. Just give me some false hope for the next couple of weeks going into it so I can be ex real excited. I'm already excited just because I'm a fan. I've, I'm hungry for some racing. But it would be nice if somebody else could win a race. Would be really nice. So hopefully Ferrari or Mercedes or McLaren can go out there and just put up some fast times. Give me hope. Give me hope, please. Lastly, an uh, interesting headline that caught my attention. Mike Trout basically telling the Angels organization, Nate, you need to improve the team. You need to make some trades. You need to show me you're building something. And my first thought was flashing back to Dame Lillard in Portland. And you know what? I mean, like Dame Lillard, he, Trout has earned the right to call out the organization. He's earned the right to demand more action. You just left the you just left. Let me try to speak English here. You just let the best baseball player in the world walk away for nothing. So you're already looking like the worst front office in baseball. 
So you need to pretty quickly figure out, okay, can we build around Trout? Can we make some moves to build around Trout? Or do we just need to go ahead and trade him and try to get some picks or prospects, whatever baseball teams really value, and move forward? Because you're already going to be probably at the bottom of that division. The Rangers are your World Series champs. You have the Astros. It's Seattle's better than you two. So you're already at the bottom, pretty much. What do you do? I don't think they're going to be able to build around him. I think you might as well just trade him, get everything you can for him while he still has great value, and move forward. It's, it's a shame because you like to see these star players stick with their original franchise. But sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. And But I got you have to admit that this is all on the Angels' front office. I mean, you for, sev- for the past several years, you had Otani and Trout, and you couldn't build around them. Uh, I'm sorry, but that's a complete failure. And people need to lose jobs over that, to be honest. that That's horrible. Absolutely horrible. And then you couldn't just trade Otani? You knew he was going to walk. You knew it. You should have traded him when you had the chance and could have got a haul for him. But you didn't do it. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on this upcoming baseball season. What happens with Trout? That's definitely a, a tough situation to be in on both sides. It's tough. But that'll wrap it up for this edition. Appreciate you listening. Follow show on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, Instagram.